leaders. I'm your coach, Adam. Here to have an honest talk about leadership, the obstacles you might face, and how to refine your leadership skills to help you become the leader I know you are. So let's grab a drink, sit back, relax, and have a chat. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be chit-chatting about boundaries and talking about what they are and why you need to have them. And then we're going to launch into a big area that I know many leaders are struggling with, which is work-life boundaries. So let's talk a little bit about what the hell are boundaries. The easiest way to describe boundaries is they're what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do, or limits that you fundamentally set in your life. And when you think about these limits, well, I guess I should say, when people talk about boundaries, they talk about it as an all or nothing kind of jimmy jam. They say you either have boundaries or you don't have boundaries. And that's actually not true. Uh, It's more of a sliding scale. We're on the right side, you have super firm, stiff boundaries. And the left side, you have no boundaries at all. And Individuals, typically when I speak with them, all land somewhere on the scale. And it's always interesting because what I tend to find is that for leaders, I don't want them to have stiff boundaries. I don't want them to have super firm boundaries, and I don't want them to have no boundaries at all. I actually want them to be somewhere in the middle. And the reasoning for that is if we go into looking at either extremes... So for example, let's look at stiff boundaries. Stiff boundaries are horrendous uh, for many, many reasons. One of which being is that leaders that have too stiff of boundaries are simply just, they're inflexible. They can't think beyond the box or the parameters that they've set. They can't problem solve. They can't use critical thinking. They are stuck, essentially, with the boundaries that they've imposed and set, which is exceedingly limiting, not only for themselves, but for their team that they're leading. Because if you're a very creative individual, and you have a vision to kind of help the company or the organization go to the next level, if you go to somebody who has super stiff boundaries, they're just going to shut you down. Because again, that's not a part of the rule book or the policy. And in fact, if you have too stiff or too firm boundaries, you'll actually start hurting, potentially, for example, in the medical field, you could potentially hurt your clients. And out in the real world, you'll start hurting your clientele, you'll hurt your company, you'll hurt your business, you'll hurt your organization. So what do I mean by that? Well, I'll tell you a little bit of a story in regards with a woman that I had the privilege of working with. She had very firm boundaries. To her, boundaries were the be-all and end-all. And her boundaries were linked to policies and procedures. In her mind, everything had to be a part, it had to follow the policy and procedures. And there was zero wiggle room or deviation And so she had set very clear expectations that individuals would follow this policy and procedure. The problem being is that when you encountered situations that required you to think beyond the policy and procedure. 
So this is a, a real life example of this. I had a woman who was diabetic and we had to take her blood sugars quite regularly. And when we took her blood, we had to take her blood sugars primarily because we had to give her insulin. And so one day I saw her and before her meal, I took her blood sugars and her blood sugars were four. So to kind of give you an idea of what that means. So we want your blood sugars between four to eight, four to eight feeling great. If you're below four, you're considered four or below, you're considered what we call hypoglycemia, which means that you're in danger of falling into a diabetic coma if we don't do anything about this, and potentially death if left unattended. And this woman was getting insulin. So I was dealing with this woman. So what I did was I saw that her blood sugars were four, I said, you know what, I'm not going to give her insulin because insulin will drive her blood sugars down even further. And I spoke to this patient and I said, hey, and we'll call her Kim. I said, hey, Kim, your blood sugars are four. Uh, I know you're about to eat supper here. Uh, is there anything I can get you in the meantime? And she said she would just like a, a glass of juice. So I gave her a glass of juice with the understanding that she was going to be eating it for in about less than 15 minutes. So I went over to my manager at the time, and we'll call her Sarah. I said, Sarah, so I saw Kim. Kim's blood sugar is four. Unfortunately, uh, she's just about to eat, so I'm holding her insulin because her blood sugar is four. I don't want her to become, uh, to die of a diabetic coma. And uh, she's going to be eating, and that's going to raise that. So, unfortunately, Sarah had very strict and firm boundaries in regards with the policy. And she was immediately all over me saying, that's not the policy. That's not the policy. What is the policy? Well, the policy in this case is if she's four or below, I was instructed to give her a glass of water with four packets of sugar. And she was to drink this in, with me in front of her. And I said, you know, I'm... She, this woman's going to eat. Uh, this will increase her blood sugars on its own. I don't think this is necessary. And of course, Sarah, being very rigid, said, nope, if you don't do this, this will go onto your record. You'll be written up for this. And uh, because you are not following procedures and policy. So, of course, as threatened, I buckled. I called, I made, first and foremost, I called the physician and made him aware that I'm holding the insulin. The physician agreed with my decision. I then went over to see Kim and I gave her four packets of sugar with water. Kim drank this because I kind of had to have her do it, unfortunately, because it was the procedure and the policy. And we're talking about this boundary being put in place of, I have to follow it. And then Kim ate food and lunch, or I should say supper. And I took her blood sugars again after that, about 30 minutes after her meal, and her blood sugars has have risen to 13. So to put that in perspective, she was at four, we want her between four to eight, and now she's at 13. That is a massive jump, and the jump was caused because she ate food, and I gave her all this um, sugar water, which 
increased it. So of course, I then have to go to the manager. I report this. She tells me to call the physician. I have to call the physician now. He's now ordering insulin. And now I have to give insulin to this patient that in if we look back at it, this didn't actually need to happen in any way, shape, or form. If my manager had more flexible boundaries, had understood that the procedure is not the be-all and end-all, then she could have understood that, you know what, let's hold off on the sugar water, let's let her eat, and then let's reassess and kind of see what's going on. But because she had these very firm, rigid boundaries in place with no flexibility, she was unable to think beyond the box, which in turn could cause some safety issues, for example, with this patient. So that's kind of the far end of boundaries. On the other side of boundaries is individuals that have no boundaries. And what what I tend to see in my when I work with my clientele is I tend to work more with the this group of individuals because that's I tend to see leaders skewing more towards not having boundaries in place, either work-life boundaries, boundaries with their team members, boundaries with technology. And so what what happens when you don't have any fur or don't have boundaries in place at all is we tend to see individuals that they get walked on. They are constantly being pushed around by team members or they take on responsibility for team members that they really had no business taking on. An example of this is I had a supervisor that I was working with and she had set this weird expectation where she would ask for a report, the report would go to the supervisor, and then the supervisor would review the report. And if the report was not up to snuff, would send it back down. And so she hadn't set the boundaries in place of, you are responsible for this report, you are uh, in charge of this, and your mistakes are your mistakes, and your successes are also your successes. So what ended up happening is because she was taking on all this extra work and responsibilities, the people below her weren't doing their job as effectively. And they were just kind of leaning on the on their manager. And their manager started becoming burnt out and exhausted because of course they are. They're taking on extra work. They're, they're just doing more than they have to. And so that's when we started seeing more of those burnout signs. That's when we started seeing... I started seeing them lose interest in their job. I started seeing them just be exhausted all the time. And that's kind of what can happen when we don't have boundaries. We're taking on other people's work and we're we're getting walked on. And moving into the personal side of things, if you have very poor boundaries in place, for example, with work-life balance, I see this with mo- a lot of small business owners uh, and CEOs is they don't have bound- good boundaries in place for their cell phone. Uh, an example of this was I was working with a client and during the middle of a session, their cell phone rings and they went to go pick it up. And I said to them, if you could, I'm sorry, let's pause the session. If you could just put that cell phone away and if you could answer it after the meeting. And they said, no, 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 I have to have my cell phone on me at all times, and I have to always be diligent about it. The thing being is that this individual was not dealing with life or death. 
They weren't dealing with super urgent matters, as I always tell individuals. If it, this is a life or death situation, they should not be calling you. They should be calling 911. Uh, plain and simple. Like, what are you going to do in this situation? And the the fact of the matter was, in working with this, this individual, it had become apparent because his cell phone had pretty much rung in every single session. And so I had to have a very brutally honest conversation with him. And I said, you know, let's put the cell phone away because I noticed that you've been picking it up and you've been texting during these sessions. The thing being is that if your business is cannot survive with you being away for an hour, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your business is doomed for failure. Like, it just is. If you look at the human body and how it operates, you need at least seven to eight hours of solid sleep a night in order to function properly. And that's seven or eight hours you have to be away from your cell phone. You don't get a choice in this unless you decide that you're going to stay up, which I would not recommend because there is actually a genetic disease called, uh, I believe it's called fatal familia insomnia, where it's a genetically it's genetic predisposition for individuals that they can't sleep anymore. They just stop sleeping. What happens when you stop sleeping is you go crazy. You literally go crazy. And then you die. The medical treatment for this is simply symptom management. We try to help you manage your hallucinations and your crazy delusions and the awfulness of it until you die. So to kind of go back to it, like, unless you have that disease or you're absolutely <laughs> crazy, which again, if that's kind of where you're sitting, we should talk. We should talk about that. But you you have to be away from your cell phone and you have to put that balance in place, especially with this leader who is answering his cell phones and, and uh, answering phone calls. Like, I'll be honest with you. He had terrible work-life boundaries set in place. He had terrible limits set in place. Uh, and what I was I was seeing when I was talking with him was burnout. I was seeing exhaustion. I was seeing it in his eyes. I felt it in his voice. He started to become depressed. I noticed suicidal ideations, which are kind of thoughts about suicide uh, when chit-chatting with him. And none of these were good signs. And so... When I typically see that, again, I start I start helping and pulling back, putting in limits, putting in these healthy limits, and start building up boundaries. Uh, so that's kind of what it's like to have no boundaries. And another thing that I have noticed with individuals that are that don't have boundaries at all is they tend to be bad with other people's boundaries. And so they tend to push when somebody puts a boundary in place they'll tend to push that person and try to uh, flex that individual's boundary or break it which can be very dangerous when you're in a leadership position because if a co colleague or somebody underneath you is putting a boundary in place saying you know what i can't work these long hours because da 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 and you start pushing on this boundary one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to quit or they're going to give in. You're going to give them terrible boundaries. And then on top of that, they're going to start experiencing burnout. They're going to start feeling exhaustion. And then ultimately what's truly happened, and you've had this knock-on effect, is you start kind of ruining their life 
which I don't think anyone, especially in a leadership position, wants to do. So when we look at boundaries, we look at those two ends of the spectrum. And so the question becomes, how do we know when we have boundary issues? Well, what you do is you either come to your coach like myself, and in conversations it comes up, or you start having to do some of your own introspective awareness of your own life. Case in point, look at the individuals that you have around you. Are you happy with the relationships that you currently have? And the question, if the answer comes back as no, the natural question is why? Why are you not happy with the relationships of those around you? Is it because you're doing too much for them? Is it because you're taking on too much responsibility from these individuals? Is it because these individuals are manipulating you? All three of those those questions all are around boundaries. All of them are around boundaries. Or if you start taking a look at your time off. When I start working with leaders and I start asking about work-life balance and they start saying that they can't relax and they have to be go, 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 that's generally a boundary issue somewhere in there. That's something that I want to kind of start looking at and start figuring out where where's the, where are the weak boundaries? What's causing this issue where they feel like they cannot relax? as well as just more in that general sphere of things, where you're going to see burnout. You're going to see exhaustion. If you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling exhausted, if you are feeling that it's better just to sleep than it is just to kind of get up and get going with your day, and you're starting to experience more of those signs of depression, those there's boundary issues somewhere in there that we need to address. Either we need to start addressing boundaries in your personal life or boundaries in your professional life or boundaries separating the two of them. So moving into further into this discussion, we are actually going to talk about setting specifically boundaries between your work life and your professional, or I should say your professional life, and your home life. Because I see leaders struggling with this all the time, Uh, especially in this age of technology where you have to be on 24-7. You don't don't get to turn off. You always have this cell phone connected to you. It's always in your pocket. You, You can always receive an email off of Uh, when you're off, that you have to respond to. There's always going to be some crisis. And it just destroys leaders' mental health. And when your mental health goes down, you stop showing up for your team. And when you stop showing up for your team, your team starts falling apart. And when your team starts falling apart, then the organization's productivity falls apart. When the productivity falls apart, Da, da 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 As you can see, it kind of starts cascading. So really, this is why it's important for us as leaders to make sure that we have firm boundaries, particularly around work and our personal life. So what do I mean by boundaries between work and personal life? It's 
firmly setting limits of this is what I'm going to work. And then after this, I am no longer going to work. I'm no longer going to look at my cell phone. I'm no longer going to look at my computer. Uh, I'm done with work. I am checking out of it firmly. And how do we really do that? Well, one, we need. you can do it many different ways. For example, for those of you that tend to have to be on call and have to be available 24-7, something that you do is you simply say, I will only do work in this specific room of my house or apartment. I will do work nowhere else. Or uh, you will say, you know, I will only work from this time to this time. Or I will have a computer or a laptop that's specifically geared towards work. And so you set, you start creating those divides and separation. And I'll be honest with you, this is something that I actually did when I used to be on call because I used to work out in the community as a nurse. And I had to be on call 24-7 for about uh, two, two, three weeks. And I had poor boundaries with between my personal life and my professional life. And I used to take emergency phone calls in my bedroom. And these phone calls would be literally people calling me, and I kid you not, like 2 o'clock in the morning saying, Hey, Adam, it's, I don't know, we'll call her Jane. Hey, Adam, it's Jane. I'm planning to kill myself. Call me back. Click. And then I would take this call, and I would have to kind of chit-chat with them, be like, Hey, what's going on? Talk to me about it. Well, the thing is, because I had this terrible boundary and I didn't separate uh, my work and my personal life, I began hating my bed. I couldn't sleep in it. And I started dreading going to bed. Well, guess what? That had a knock-on effect of me not sleeping at night, which meant that I underperformed at work the next day, which means that (laughs) I felt guilty. I felt awful. I felt... It started affecting my work performance, which started bleeding into my colleagues and how they treated me. And it had to start having these knock-on effects. So I had to put that firm boundary in place. Another boundary to kind of start help us separate our personal life and our professional life is sometimes having a transitionary period. So what I mean by that is for many individuals, they come home and then they'll have a bath or a shower as soon as they come home and they change out of their clothing from whatever they're currently wearing into everyday clothing. So for a lot of business businesses, they're coming home and corporate life, they're coming home with suits and they're wearing uh, essentially a nice black suit. Well, as soon as they come home, they're immediately taking it off. They have a bath and or shower to wash away the grime and the just the dirt, and to start kind of symbolizing that transition in their mind that, hey, we're no longer at work anymore. We're at home. And it helps their body to decompress and start separating their home life. Some individuals also do this with working out in the gym. They go to work, and then they work out, and then all, every after that, it's no longer, it's no longer uh, work anymore. It's It's personal lifetime. And so they have these very clear divides and what it is. Uh, 
And so for myself, that's actually what I do at the moment is I typically work out three to four days a week because I do more of those full body workouts. So I have to have the day off after I work out. And what I do is I, I do, I work, and then I immediately go to the gym to work out. And then after that, I get to relax and I get to kick back and just just enjoy my rejuvenation time. So that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about boundaries, is setting those limits in place to claw back our own sanity and to protect ourselves, because really that's what it kind of comes down to. Boundaries are all about protecting us, and to protect us from burnout, and to protect us from serious, serious mental health issues, and, but it doesn't only protect us, it actually protects those around us. Because again, in leadership, we have enormous power over those below us. And if we have shit boundaries, we're going to force those boundary issues onto the people below us. And those people will then have terrible boundaries. And then they're going to burn out and be exhausted. And then it's things start cascading. And uh, it's just, it's not, not good. So I've chatted a lot about boundaries today, and to briefly go over it, boundaries are are a continuum. You have firm boundaries on the right, and you have no boundaries on the left. You can be anywhere in between this. Uh, We don't particularly want you to have firm boundaries, but we don't want you to have no boundaries. We want you to be somewhere in the middle. And when it comes to boundaries, boundaries are all about setting limits and setting our setting bound or barriers or saying what we are willing to do and what we are not willing to do. And we do this to kind of protect us and to protect those below us. And for most leaders, the biggest issue I tend to see is that division between personal and professional. And that's not the only boundary. Don't get me wrong. There's work boundaries with colleagues, there's boundaries with friends, families, there's boundaries that we have to set with ourselves and time blocking and making sure that we're doing, we're actually blocking out time that we said we would and ensuring that it happens uh, among many other types of boundaries. But for today, I'm just going to leave you with the firm boundary of creating that work-life balance. Anyways, I hope this was helpful to you, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give it a like, and share it with a friend. And if you're ready to take the next leap and improve your leadership skills, head over to www.seedingthelead.com and book your free coaching session today.